mom absolutely needs to rest, but the question of how needs to be answered. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What is matrescence and how do we prepare for it? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 221 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we're speaking with Anisha Patel. Anisha is a published author, a speaker, a postpartum coach, and the founder of MasalaMommy.com. Anisha has a heart for supporting women in their transition into motherhood, and she's going to be sharing her understanding of matrescence and Ayurveda with us today. Now, before we jump in, I want to remind you, Happy Home Birth Academy and the Home Birth Collective, my two childbirth education programs and my mentorship are available to you at any time. They are self-study, so you can go through them at your own pace, taking your leisurely time or going a little more quickly. And inside of the Home Birth Collective, which is my more comprehensive deep dive into the preparation for not only our home birth, but our motherhood experience where, guess what, we talk about matrescence and other topics like it, that has group coaching as well inside of our private Facebook group. You get consistent coaching by me and questions and answers all the time. So if you are looking to truly prepare for your home birth and your motherhood, I highly recommend you check out the Home Birth Collective. And if you are looking to prepare for your home birth experience, you want to have a nice empowered home birth, then check out Happy Home Birth Academy as well. All right, let's jump in with Anisha. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And this show is not medical information. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Anisha, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am so excited to have you. And the conversation that we are getting ready to have today is one that I have been looking forward to so deeply. It's something that has been on my heart, something that I've been really looking into lately. Um, So with that being the case, with that being the setup, would you mind taking just a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. So my name is Anisha. I am a postpartum Ayurvedic doula new parent coach and founder of Masala Mommy. I recently authored a book called Expecting a Pregnancy Journal, and I'm so excited that it's out there now as a mindful tool to really help parents connect with their pregnancy and, you know, create this keepsake for themselves for really the rest of their lives. Um, I work with new and expecting moms to really just help them avoid getting burned out. And, you know, they look forward to having this baby for months and months on end. And we really want to help moms, um, you know, not have to worry about being so stressed out and enjoy this special time that goes by really quickly. 
I love that. That just makes my heart want to explode with joy. Like that is such a beautiful mission and what an incredible thing that you are doing. Also, what amazing accomplishments you've got your book. You've got so much going on. That is, this is just so exciting. And one of the things that I know is near and dear to you is this idea of matrescence. So I wanted to ask you, how did this, and we're going to go into exactly what it is, but matrescence and everything that you're doing right now, how did this become so important to you? You know, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of moms will become inspired by their own journey. So I am a mom of three boys and they are absolutely, you know, the loves of my life. And I think through my own experience of researching and reading books and taking classes, I found that there was sort of this missing puzzle piece. And as much as we were preparing for the baby and making sure our nurseries were set up, I didn't find a whole lot of information, if really at all, about what my own transition was going to look like. And I think at going through that myself, it made me realize that there was so much more education to provide, but make it real life. Sometimes things just become so institutionalized when we're pregnant. You know, we have our regular checkups, we have these checklists, but we kind of miss the big picture of this life transition that's about to take place. So having gone through that myself and with each and every pregnancy, you know, I have three kids, so it wasn't just the first time, you know, you kind of are relearning your your family landscape, your own changes that you're going through, the family dynamic, your relationship with your husband, everything shifts again with every baby. And uh, by the time I had my third son, I've kind of felt like I had really sort of figured out what that, I don't want to say secret sauce because I don't think there is one, but I had kind of figured out how to really prioritize those first 12 weeks to help myself and my family shift through that. And um, I wanted that for everybody. And so that's kind of how I got inspired to create Masala Mommy. Mm, That is just so beautiful. And I I just love everything that you're saying. There is so much truth to the fact that even, you know, my, my listeners, they're the majority of them are home birth mothers. And so the idea of preparing is taken very seriously. But even then, sometimes we see that the focus is on, okay, how am I going to transition through the birthing process? And not recognizing this bigger picture of how am I transitioning into motherhood and re-transitioning into motherhood? And what does that mean for me? Because as a society, we're not talking about it at all. You know, just like you said, we've got our checklist, our prenatal checkups, we've got our baby shower, we've got the nursery, but what is all of this internal stuff that's going on that is so, so important to acknowledge? Um, So I, gosh, I just love what you're saying. And as we step into this conversation, we're going to be talking about matrescence. And I know that a lot of mothers are going to hear that word and say, huh? (laughs) So can we start there? What is this? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I came across the word matrescence of several years ago now, and I felt like once I 
heard it and I understood the definition, it was like, aha, this is what I was trying to describe. You know, it's it's not just the change that I felt physically. It's not just the change I felt going back to work. So matrescence was a term that was coined by an anthropologist named Dana Raphael. This word came about back in the 1970s. But what it really, and there's multiple variations of the definition, but one that I really like is the physical, emotional, hormonal, and social transition to becoming a mother. Mm. And when I read that, for me, it was, this is it. This makes sense. This is exactly the changes that we go through that we aren't always aware of while we're pregnant. We're, we're not anticipating that. So matrescence is really that, you know, physical, emotional, hormonal, and social shift that takes takes weeks and months and sometimes even years um, as we figure out our new rhythm, figure out our new lifestyle, figure out how to mother our our children um, and, you know, the physical changes as well. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me think about how compartmentalized we can be. You know, these are the physical changes that are going on. These are the social changes. And we put them in these separate boxes as if they are totally separate things. But this word recognizes, no, 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 <laughs> it's not like that. It's a massive shift all together. All of these pieces are happening at once and they influence each other. They absolutely do. Everything is so integrated, right? All four of these. And like you said, sometimes the attention will go particularly on one area. And one area that I know has gotten a little bit more attention these days is perinatal mood disorders. And it's great that there is more visibility to this. And expecting mothers are educated on what to kind of look out for and things like that. We know that perinatal mood disorders affect one out of five women. I mean, that's a lot and that's what's reported. But there are a lot of factors, right, that can contribute to this. And one um, that I think is common that we all sort of know is the sudden shift of hormones mm -hmm. after the birth. But there are some other things that also contribute. And these are the ones that I found really interesting. So, for example, feeling overwhelmed with the sudden lifestyle change and feeling loneliness. So I think this is something that a lot of women don't expect as part of this matrescence, this transition of, you know, your lifestyle has shifted overnight, literally overnight. And, um, you know, another part of that is something that I personally didn't realize or didn't expect was the feeling of loneliness. I was never physically, almost never physically alone, yet there was this feeling of loneliness, feeling of not being seen because my life was just changing. Mm -hmm. And it was a normal part of the transition. Mm -hmm. I think um, also self-doubt in regards to, you know, am I doing things right? I think women, especially again, going back to these checklists and uh, how structured kind of pregnancy can be, um, which there's nothing wrong to it, but it can create attachments of being a perfect mother. You just want to do everything the right way, right? Quote, unquote, unquote, the right way. And this can add that pressure on us, which can also contribute um, to what we're seeing but I think the key really here is some of these shifts are natural and normal 
and just bringing awareness to the fact that this is going to happen can help, you know, set yourself up, I think, for success. Mm, I love that. And I don't know if you had an experience like this. I was actually talking with my students about this inside of the Home Birth Collective recently, but that being on the precipice, being on the cusp of parenthood, did you ever have that moment? Maybe you were with your spouse and all of a sudden you realize this is the, this could be the last time that it's just you and me. Like we're on the edge of something totally different. Our life is about to shift and change in a way that like it's never done before. And I mean, it was so, I remember having that, that thought. And yet, even when you have that thought and you see how big it is, there's a difference between kind of knowing something and then experiential knowledge of, oh my gosh, we are in it now. Like there's no going back. We are now new people. 100%. And I love that. I love that you actually had this like moment of everything's about to change, but you kind of nailed it with that idea of thinking about it before the fact and then experiencing it through are totally different. Um, But giving ourselves grace and um, just space to flow through that is what's going to help, right? Mm -hmm. There's only so much you can plan and prep for. Um, And, you know, that's actually a really good point. So, you know, what I like to think about in terms of preparing for postpartum and then being in postpartum is mindset versus mindfulness. So Uh when you're in pregnancy, it's important to have the right mindset, which is the attitude, right? I'm going to be okay. I have the confidence to be able to get through whatever comes at me. I can do this. Once you're in that moment, after you have brought your baby home or you have a home birth and you're already there, right? It's the idea of how to just simply bring awareness to that present moment and our feelings. And again, allowing ourselves without judgment to pass through that. Mm -hmm. And these are skills. These are life transition skills and something very near and dear to my heart as a, um, you know, parent coach to help women build these skills so that way they can flow with more ease. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wouldn't it be so wonderful if instead of just focusing on how to get through labor, maybe we had childbirth education that was focusing on these deep, deep foundational pieces. I wonder <laughs> if that would be really helpful. What a mind-blowing idea. <laughs> That's so interesting. (laughs) But yes, I I 100% agree. And one of the things that we do when we're preparing with my students is talking about putting these things into practice, understanding, okay, what does it mean to be mindful? Because like you said, these are life skills. What if we practice that beforehand? What if we take time to learn how to be mindful before we get into the situation? And then it's like, oh, I just remembered, like, I can take a step back. I can be present in this moment and how, like, it's like the veil is lifted at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of one of the reasons why when I had this opportunity to write Expecting a Pregnancy Journal, why I felt drawn to that, because you're not only building a keepsake, but there's journal prompts, right? Mm. And so it's 
kind of gently nudging you to take a few minutes when it feels right to you to just pause. My goodness, how badly do we need that reminder sometimes to just pause in our busy day? And, you know, when you become pregnant or, you know, once you've had a baby, the world doesn't just stop. But we have to create those moments for ourselves. And that is, again, why I felt drawn to write this book, um, given that opportunity, because I wanted women to be able to just pause mm. and take that moment for themselves. It's, it's a practice, right? That's why we call it a practice, because it, it's this continual thing that we commit to practicing. Oh, this is so good. I just, I love this so much. Okay. The next thought that I had was based on something you mentioned, this, this sensation of loneliness, despite the fact that you were not alone. You know, it's like, well, number one, I've got this baby literally attached to me. Number two, you know, I've got people in and out, but I feel alone. And I'm curious to know, because the first thing that comes to mind for me is just the way that our society is set up at this point, you know, we are so siloed, so individual, like, you know, I'm over here, my parents are 30 minutes away. We've got all of this separation, which traditionally we we really wouldn't have had. And so it makes me wonder, you know, that that loss of community, how much that impacts this experience, this sensation of I feel I feel kind of alone here. A lot. You know, I think that contributes quite a bit. Like you said, um, this isn't the way we were mothering several years ago. Um, With industrialization, families moved away for jobs. Um, Women took on more, you know, uh, they joined the workforce and things like that. And so that created this bounce back culture of let's get mom, you know, feeling good and back to work. And so, yes, this actually contributed quite a bit to this feeling of loneliness and just not feeling supported and maybe even prepared for those changes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot that we can do, right? And there's so much improvement that can be made, right? Like our short parental leaves is definitely a problem. Um, Having enough support and access is definitely a problem. But despite those things, we can still maximize on what we do have. Um, And I mentioned in the beginning that I um, trained in Ayurveda for postpartum. And what I love about Ayurveda, well, I'll start with saying Ayurveda is a system of natural healing. It is the science of life. It is 5,000 years old. And what I love about this is it provides us specific education and tools on how to care for ourselves in postpartum to really help our nervous system, to help our bodies recover. And, you know, having family or creating that village is one thing, but also having tools on how to care for yourself is another. And so Ayurveda provides that. Um, And I'd love to just share a little bit more about what what moms can start kind of thinking about in terms of their care. Yes, absolutely. Especially, is this going to be in relation to preparing beforehand as well? Like before we get to that postpartum, what can we be doing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, having first a postpartum plan is so important. We hear so much about the birth plan, which is important as well. The birth as you know, is maybe a day or two, right? Postpartum is really forever. (laughs) So having 
some game plan makes a huge difference. It gives you a starting point. Nothing ever goes 100% to plan, but it creates wiggle space to react to those hiccups. So getting, um, creating some kind of a postpartum plan, you know, having a template, talking through who is going to come and support you if you don't have family nearby. Do, is there family and friends or do we need to hire some help? How do we budget for that? Um, how am I going to be eating fresh foods that are prepared for me? Again, so much focus goes on the baby, understandably so, right? Mom is feeding baby every one to three hours, and naturally, babies are very demanding. So mom really has to take the extra kind of step to think through on how is she going to be cared for. So who is going to be preparing meals? How is she going to be, um, you know, nourished? How is she going to, quote unquote, sleep when the baby is sleeping? Um, I don't think that that's bad advice. I think it's that it's incomplete advice. Mom absolutely needs to rest, but the question of how needs to be answered. Um, and then there are, again, other things that she can do in terms of getting her postpartum supplies and having it ready. So that way, um, you know, she, ha again, is limiting the time spent on preparing, but rather just resting. Um, and then, you know, as far as Ayurveda goes, there are definitely things that uh, mom can stock up on. Different kitchen herbs, uh, foods, again, that are going to help with her lactation as well as improving her digestive fire. You know that in pregnancy and in after the birth, constipation and dryness, and these are a thing. And the food we eat actually plays a huge role in our healing and recovery. So thinking ahead on getting these groceries, getting these spices and herbs. Um, and last but not least, something I am a huge fan of is Abhyanga, which is a self-oil massage. And this is such a beautiful practice for the new mom, kind of going back to creating that mindful moment for her. So not only does it help with, you know, feeling with, with mood impact and lessening that feeling of anxiousness, but it can help with improved restful sleep, right? We're focusing on quality over quantity in those early days. It improves circulation and dryness of the skin. So back to your question of, well, what can she do to prepare beforehand? Sesame oil. Sesame oil is a is considered the king of oils in Ayurveda. And to use that for the self-oil massage and whether you can spend five minutes or, you know, 20 minutes just to take that time for yourself is going to actually have wellness benefits. That's amazing. Where can people learn more about, about that specific type of massage? Um, so I actually teach moms how to oh. practice Abhyanga. Yeah, you know, it's I feel like there's just so very little information about some of these tools out there, but they are there. And it's really my mission to bring back these Eastern practices in a very doable way for our modern day motherhood. Right. And uh, yeah, so I actually teach moms through private coaching on how to prepare for postpartum, have the right supplies, have these tools in their toolkit to help them really heal and recover through postpartum. 
Mm, that is so cool. I just, I love your mission. And one of the things that you said that I wanted to kind of expound upon just a little bit here was we mentioned this idea of the bounce back culture, right? This idea of, you know, kind of, kind of like how fast can I get back to who I was, you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times we don't even realize that's where our brain is going. It's just so deeply ingrained in us culturally that, you know, you, your sense of worth, it, it specifically relates to what you can produce. And so you need to get back to exactly your production beforehand. You need to be able to do, do, do exactly the way that you were. And one of the things that I love about this concept of matrescence is it really gives us a window into the fact that, guess what? Like you're never going back. You will never be that person that you were before again. And so instead, why don't we focus on supporting and nourishing and strengthening this new mother that you are, whether it's your first time becoming a mother or your 15th time, you know, it's still new and you are a new version of yourself. Do you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think it is, again, just so important to have awareness of that because we can so easily get trapped in that idea of, I need to do more. I need to get back to my old life. And it's actually very counterproductive to our own recovery, healing, and um, how we're going to feel in the long run. So to slow down, to slow down, even physically, I like to tell moms, especially in the beginning, act like you're still pregnant. (laughs) Act like you're still pregnant. Walk slowly do less, you know, have very concise to-do lists. And a lot of that really should be your self-care in the beginning. And that it's normal for that. It is normal for you to maybe put take a shower on your to-do list because it actually does take that transition time to kind of slowly build up to being able to do more. And that is normal. It is not inadequacy in your part. It is not, you know, um, your inability to do it, you will, but it takes time and to honor that slowness. And that's actually going to help you in the long run. Yeah. And honoring the fact that, Hey, you just literally created a whole different human (laughs) inside (laughs) of your body. (laughs) Like you just created something totally new. You gave birth to it. You're feeding it. Like this is such big work. This is the biggest work that anybody can do. So if we can focus on the the beauty of that and the, the trueness of that, then all of these other tasks, it's like, oh, huh, like, I guess that's really not so important. I guess I'm actually doing massive, massive work right here, right now. I And I think you nailed it. Sometimes we forget how important that work is that we're doing. And I think it's because sometimes in our society, it's not valued. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we have this internal voice that tells us this isn't enough. And it's so important to be our own self-advocates to turn that voice down and to remember, like, this is the most important job on the planet to raise the next generation of human beings. Mm-hmm. And once you start thinking about your job as a mom that way, those little things that you're kind of saying, eh, 
that, I mean, it is what it is. I should be doing that. You'll realize what value it is and give yourself a lot more credit, probably more so than you are giving yourself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, think about how big that task is. If we're doing it from a state of being depleted, that's going to be so much harder. Whereas if we can take this time, just like you're saying, postpartum and prenatally to prepare for postpartum, because obviously this matrescence timeline, you know, it's it's preconception, conception, pregnancy, postpartum. This is all this transformational time. And so if we can take the time to really embrace the process and and nourish ourselves and take care of ourselves, how much easier is it going to be to take on these tasks of massive transformation from a nutrient-heavy place, from an Ayurvedic place, you know, using the resources that we have? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think just starting... I mean, it's never too early to start. It's never too early to focus inward and take care of ourselves and build that foundation that is going to last a lifetime. In Ayurveda specifically, uh, it's said to really focus on those first 42 days after the birth because it sets up a woman for her wellness for the next 42 years. So it truly is that foundational period. And of course, whatever we do while we're pregnant is also building and practice, right? But those first 42 days after birth are really crucial to, again, all these things that we've talked about in matrescence, the physical, the emotional, the hormonal, and the social. In a lot of places around the world, there's a lying in period where mom and baby are cared for. And her only job is to rest, recover, and bond with baby. And it is such a cultural thing, but we can take these things and recreate it in a way that makes sense for us, right? It takes more effort because it's not part of our culture, but it can be done. And there's a reason for that is to really build mom up to be able to keep up with the demands that are ahead of her. Gosh, Anisha, this has been just such an enlightening conversation. I I just love everything that you are focusing on, the way that you are supporting mothers. Just incredible stuff. Thank you for all that you are doing. What's the best way for the listeners to get in touch with you, to see what else you're doing? Because I know that I want to work with you. <laughs> so <laughs> for those who are feeling the way that I'm feeling, how how can we get in touch, see what all it is that you offer? Absolutely. So um, I love connecting with moms on Instagram. So I'm, uh, I love creating reels and keeping things entertaining, but also educating moms. So I share a lot of pregnancy and postpartum tips on there. My handle is masala.mommy. Also, you can visit masalamommy.com and book a free discovery call with me. I offer 30-minute sessions, and it's a way for me to really connect one-on-one with pregnant mama and support her in the unique way that she needs. This motherhood is never a one-size-fits-all, and the way I practice uh, my work is exactly that, is to keep it unique to every mom. Um, And also, you know, talking about matrescence and postpartum, um, there is a postpartum supplies guide that you can enter your email address and it ships right over to you and it could be a really good place for mom to get started. Oh, that sounds like an awesome place to get started. Thank you for creating all of these resources. This is just, just 
I'm just so excited. <laughs> it's been such an honor to have you. Thank you so much, Anisha, for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Wasn't that amazing? Anisha is speaking my language. As we head into this week's episode roundup, here's the thought that is really resonating with me. Yes, preparation for birth is so important. This is an experience that will live with us forever, and the way that we prepare for it, no matter how it actually unfolds, can highly influence our transition into motherhood and also postpartum. This huge life shift into matrescence, this is so critical to understand, appreciate, and to prepare for. The birthing process lasts for a few hours, maybe a few days, and motherhood lasts forever. Let's take both aspects seriously. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. Be sure to check out Anisha's work. I've got everything linked in the show notes. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.